Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are coming to you from Chicago. That's right, Chi-Town. Uh, if you have not already done so, make sure you are following us on social media. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, uh, just to name some of those platforms. And we're at that same username, at Radio Islam USA. So subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. That's right. If you're a quality human being, you'll share. That's right. Share it. Okay. Anyway, uh, before we get started, we'd like to thank our, uh, our sponsor, Recycle Processes. Thank you very much. And with that, good people, I am, I'm elated. That's right. It's not hyperbole. There's no exaggeration. I am really, really happy to have joining me in studio someone near and dear to my heart, a member of my family, my youngest sister, Halima Elamine. She is a uh, mother of two. Uh, she is a longtime homeschooler uh, up until recently. Uh, and for the purposes of our conversation today, she is here uh, sharing some of her experiences as a uh, as she deals with triple negative breast cancer. She received the diagnosis May 30th of this year. And uh, I guess in response, and we'll get to all of that, um, she started a Facebook page called Candidly Cancer, where it's kind of a stream of consciousness um, just, you know, to, to help her articulate what she's going through and I probably talked way too long before giving you the greetings. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum assalam. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't always happen, but um, let's start. May 30th, uh, you, you received the diagnosis. Um, did you, first off, were you aware, was there something that told you something was wrong? Uh, leading up to you seeking medical uh, medical opinion. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I kind of always do um, self-exams. Um, being under 40, um, you're not quite ready for mammograms. So if you go at 35 and say, hey, I'd like a mammogram, they'll say you need to wait five more years. Um, because of the history of uh, breast cancer in my family, um, I was always kind of tuned in to my body, um, you know, doing self-examinations. Uh, I found a lump. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'd say last year around this time. And, and it got noticeably bigger as time went on. Uh, I remember telling uh, my oldest sister, I said, hey, I, I, why don't you, you know, Touch this, feel this, what is, what's here? Mm -hmm. um, and she said, yeah, there's something definitely there. You should go get a mammogram. So uh, I went and got a mammogram. And sure enough, they found, you know, they found the, the cancer. They found a lump and, and it was cancerous. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things about our family and Radio Islam family, you all may know this may have kind of picked this up over the past couple of years of, of conversations uh, that we've had is that I generally have an optimistic um, attitude and that's not by force I feel like that's just kind of the the home that we grew up in we grew up in a 
Uh, it's a reflection of that home. We grew up with thinking optimistically. Um, and then also seeing a lot of things just as matter of fact, not really, mm-hmm. you know, pie in the sky. Um, you know, we don't avoid circumstances. Did that come out for you? Did you have a moment of disbelief? Did you veer away from that kind of upbringing that I think is kind of representative of our family? And for a moment, say, this isn't happening. This isn't real. Um, what was the process of acceptance like? And and if I could ask on the end of that, are you at the point of acceptance of, of where you are in this um, part of life? Mm, so that's that's a um, that's a really good question to ask myself now. <laughs> yeah. um, I I can't I can't pretend that I didn't have those moments. I'm I'm human, you know, and I think no matter what your your upbringing, no matter what your background, uh, you're human, and there are times where you uh, have doubts, and with this type of of diagnosis. There were times where I had doubts, you know, um, and and I did think those things. And that's not really the kind of person that I am. I am very optimistic. Um, Mm. I'm I'm very positive. Uh, So it kind of took me outside myself. Um, It kind of, it hit me hard. It did. It hit me hard. And and I I, I had those feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, why me? What have I done? Why, you know? Uh, why am I going through this? You know, I, I think I'm a good person. You know, why are these things happening to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the upbringing kicks in. Your true nature kicks in. Uh, your belief in God kicks in. And it says, hey, you know, suck it up. This is what's happening. <laughs> Get through it. Uh, and and one of the things that I kind of lean on, even now, um, all my life, I've, I've always leaned on this belief that it's either a lesson or a blessing. Right. And, and with this, I have found many, many lessons. Um, and, and this, this is just the beginning, um, with this journey that I'm on, it's just the beginning, but I've found so many lessons and just as many lessons as I found, I found as many blessings right. in this, you know, hidden, you know, quite deeply, some of them very hidden, but you know, <laughs> is that every, a lesson? right. I'm not sure what it is, <laughs> but, but they emerge every, you know, every day, every week, you know, something, something new is popping up and I'm like, oh man, this was really, really troubling me. But now that I really think about it, actually, this, this is a blessing. This is a good thing that's coming out of this, you know, very, um, you know, tragic moment in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that is interesting. You know, the whole lesson or blessing thing, um, and then faith, how it's connected to faith, because it's really it's a lot easier to quote scripture. It's a lot easier to quote um, ayahs or verses from the Quran than it is to actually implement them when it comes to when it comes to embodying uh, an understanding of, you know, where it says that Allah gives laughter and tears, mm-hmm. right? That he gives you both of those things. It's, it's easy to quote that. Sounds good. But when you're in the midst of shedding tears, that's a much different that's a much different position to be in. So uh, it definitely is a, a case of, of faith. Talk, let's talk a bit about the uh, not just faith, but your faith being tested, right? Like to be able to say, yeah, I really have faith because my faith has been 
it's being tested, has been tested, mm-hmm. and pro- and likely will be tested again, mm-hmm. right? Um, let's talk about the family aspect for a second. Let's veer off for a moment because, um, of course, it's it's your journey. It's it's that person's journey. And I mentioned that I mentioned the uh, statistics. No, I no, I, I don't think. Okay, so look, let's let's pause for a quick second. I want to share um, because I'm sure that there are people who are listening. If they have not gone through this, they they have family members, they have friends right. who've, who've gone through similar circumstances. And right now in the U.S., um, about one in eight women, which is uh, roughly 12 percent, mm-hmm. will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. In 2019, an estimated 268,600 new cases of invasive breast cancer are expected to be diagnosed in women in the U.S., along with 62,930 new cases of non-invasive breast cancer. Those are those are tremendous uh, numbers. Yeah. Those are high numbers. And when we read these numbers, a lot, a lot of times we think about someone else. Right? It's it's yeah. it's yeah, it's wild <laughs> to think. Like, wow, I'm one of those people. Yes, yes. Right? I'm one of those people. But then let's talk a bit about the, the family around it, um, the support system around it, how how all of that uh, comes into play as well. Because we had a, you know, we had our crying moment and we, you gave us the uh, diagnosis. Right. And everybody's like, you know, oh, God, you know. Yeah. Um, Lots of tears. Yeah. And then you pull yourself back. You know, but talk a bit about the, the, the family aspect and and was that a difficult this uh, was that a difficult reveal? Wow. Wow. I, I don't even think that I have thought about that moment until just now. Um, I, I haven't thought about that moment in a long time. So I remember. Oh, boy, it was during Ramadan. Yep. And uh, everybody was fasting and. Uh, we went to uh, my oldest sister's uh, home, and and there was a a family meeting called uh, on my behalf, mm-hmm. and um, we broke fast together. Um, I wasn't fasting because I remember feeling like something was going on and something was wrong, and 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 me feeling like you know what I probably shouldn't be fasting um, at the rate that I was losing weight and you know my health. I knew something was wrong before I even got the diagnosis. So I, I think I fasted like the first two weeks of Ramadan and then I stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody was there. We had, you know, lots of food and we were just sitting down and I had to tell everybody what was going on and, and we had to come up with a plan. Um, and I remember um, the whole time I remember just having this knot in my throat, mm-hmm. this knot in my throat. Um, finding it very difficult to even talk about it. Um, I'm a super private person. Um, I, I do a lot of uh, internal, you know, internalizing and, you know, sorting things out, writing, you know, um, doing a lot of things creatively to, to work through whatever issues that I'm having. And that was something that I could not work through by myself. I had to tell my family. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know. Um, that was a really, really hard moment for me. But I think the way that that my family dealt with it, the way that, that you all just jumped right in and said, okay, what do we need to do? What do we yeah. need to do? 
um, that made it so much uh, easier for me mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, and, and some people go through these things and, and that's why I, I truly, truly, truly feel blessed because there are lots of people who don't have anybody. They, they really are forced to go through these things by themselves. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful that that, that that wasn't the case with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why I started the Facebook page, the Candidly Cancer Facebook page. Um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm, I'm writing the book, uh, which will, you know, come out later on down the line. Inshallah. Inshallah. But I, I just wanted to kind of share a bit of, of this journey um, and just be, you know, as as frank as I could about it because there are people out there who don't know what to expect. They don't know, you know, they don't know what's happening to them. And, and I wanted to kind of be a, be a part of their family, you know, from afar, even if it's through a book or through a, a, a Facebook post or, or whatever it might be. I do think that is one of the, the blessings in social media is that it allows for people who may not have, close proximity um, to their family or may not have that, you know, nuclear family structure, Mm -hmm. but to be able to develop community, uh, you know, in in cyberspace, to be able to to be in a a Facebook group, Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to, um, to share their experience and to, and and to receive, you know, some comfort Mm -hmm. because there is nothing like, and you see this as, as children, um, if you got to get a shot, your mom holds your hand. Oh goodness! You know your mom Shots. holds your hand. And, you know if you're scared, if you're scared of needles. I don't think I really have ever had that had that problem, but um, I know we just touched on something right there. We have to <laughs> <laughs> we have to get into. But and I think I think the best way to preface that. Uh, well, let me just kind of close this uh, that that thought out and just saying that it is a true blessing to be able to have platforms where people can find connection from afar. Right. Where they can be right there for each other, even if they are thousands and thousands of miles away from each other. Absolutely. So um, that that is a wonderful thing. Now, one of the things that happens when we go through these larger than the lives we've been leading experiences is that we find out things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I could say, you know, just returning back from the Hodge and I'm still processing. I learned some things about myself yeah. in that in that process. And likewise, this is a this is a huge shift. This is a huge I don't want to say bump in the road, but it's it's you know, it's a huge it's a bit of a bump. Yep. Yeah. It's a bit know, of a bump. <laughs> it's a huge uh, uh, uh thing to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things at this point right now that you feel like you have uh, learned about yourself or or have you made that observation? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, there are, everybody has issues. Everybody has, uh, you know, these, these bumps in the road that, that, we, that we come across, uh, fears and things like that. Uh, one of the main things that I have, that I have, uh, notice with this this process this journey that I'm on um Allah has brought me face to face with some of my fears 
um, a lot of my fears. Uh, we all, you know, we all have fears as as Muslims or as as believers in general. Uh, we have this this uh, this idea, this creed that you should live by that you fear nothing but God. Right. You know, there there's nothing but nothing to fear but Allah. You know, don't give that power to anything else in your life. We can understand that, but living our lives, we have fears. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a natural emotion. We have fears. Uh, so being diagnosed um, and having to go through the, the treatment, the plan of treatment that, that I'm on, it's brought me face-to-face with a lot of fears. Uh, you mentioned something about the needles, uh, which is... <laughs> Which is really, uh, that, that hits me, you know, that, that hits me. Um, I have been deathly afraid of needles for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. I can't recall a particular uh, incident that took place. You know, I, I can't recall a particular incident. But I can always remember being deathly afraid of needles. Nobody likes needles. Nobody likes shots. You know, nobody goes, hey, doc, can you get me another? You know, but for whatever reason, you know, I was particularly bothered by needles my whole life. Um, I think around four or five years old, I was at the doctor's office, um, but but on the way. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my mother. Oh, mommy, where are we going? You know, we're going going to the doctor's office, baby. Oh, wonderful. You know, that positive, bright, happy child. Um, that that I was at that time. Oh, great! What are we gonna do? Oh, gonna get get a checkup and am I gonna get a lollipop? Yes, yes, baby, you're gonna get a lollipop. Okay, and we're walking through the door and into the uh the the waiting area and gonna get a shot, mommy. Yes, baby, you're gonna get a shot and then you get a lollipop. And it only took a split second before I was out that door, <laughs> running down the street nearly crossing over to the next street. And, and, and I don't know if you remember, but you were the one that ran out and caught me. Mm. Um, but I was out of there. I didn't want to have anything to do with that shot. That doctor, that lollipop, I didn't want it. Wasn't worth it. It was not worth it to me. Um, but, you know, I, I clearly I got through that. I don't recall what happened after that, but I'm sure I got the shot. Uh, you know, fast forward. Um, you know, I'm, I'm slightly ashamed to say Before I went to college (laughs) at 18, uh, my mother not only, you know, held my hand, she sat on me and held my hand out because I didn't want to get my finger pricked for the blood sugar test. Just the blood sugar test. Um, So it, uh, it, you know, that that fear never went away. It never went away. Um, And then having children, you kind of, you know, you have to get over it, but... Uh, it's a blessing. A lot kind of takes your mind somewhere else during that whole process. I know a lot of mothers say, oh, I, I don't remember, you mm-hmm. know, the pain. And, and, you know, I don't remember any of that because if I remembered it, I wouldn't have had any more children, you know, uh, if, if you had a say about it. Right. Right. Um, so that part, I, I don't really know how I got through that other than the mercy of a lie. I, I got through it. You know, God helped me through it. But. Um, but you've had to come face to face with that again. Um, I have just doing the the whole treatment process. I have um, with chemo, um, and, I, and I've had to do chemo. With chemo, um, there is there are infusions. So it's basically you got a needle, you know, 
sticking in your arm for, you know, maybe two hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every time I go, I have to get blood drawn. Um, Seven days after I have the treatments, I have to give myself injections. Um, It's kind of like a insulin shot. Right. So, yeah, similar to an insulin shot. Um, You can go to the hospital and get it done. They can, you know, they can administer the shot for you or you can do it at home, which saves, you know, a lot of gas, a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things that I I had to kind of um, overcome that I was blessed to be able to overcome. Um, And I cried. I cried like a baby when I when I first had to give myself the shot. Um, So, yeah, it, it, it was it was. It was not easy, but, you know, here I am, you know, maybe 20, 26 shots later. You know? So this this really makes a whole lot more sense for me now because I didn't know you had a fear of needles. Mm-hmm. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense that you would take ownership of that because we uh, volunteered. Yes. Said, Look, hey, yes. you want us? We'll, we'll do it for you because um, our father... Um, who returned to Allah um, eight, was it eight years ago? Seven. Seven years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and we have to talk about that date as well. Oh, he yeah. was uh, he was diabetic. So we were used to seeing the process of him giving him a sh- uh, giving himself a shot. Uh, I think I may have had to give him a shot once, mm-hmm. once or twice uh, before. But yeah, let, let's, let's kind of go back for a second. So... The diagnosis, you got it on May 30th. I did. May 30th, which is also, that is the same day that our father returned to Allah. May may Allah um, have mercy on him, grant him paradise. Uh, Amin. Amin. And so that was another significant day. That day, it doesn't go by each, you know. Right. It never goes by without me thinking about it. And, you know, uh, whenever I'm able to, you know, I'll try to make it to, um, you know, I visit his grave. Yes. Um, but anyway, once again, just kind of a a convergence. That was tough. That was tough. I I feel like there are no coincidences. You know, I feel like nothing happens by chance. Um, for me, I I felt like at that moment, Daddy was was with me. You know, and I, and I felt like that was the reason um, for me. You know, from my understanding that I, I had that appointment on that particular day, uh, you know, being reminded of my father, um, having to, you know, take these shots, you know, like I saw my father do, you know, many, many years, um, having to come to grips with an, with an illness right. and, and still pushing, you know, pushing forward, still being productive, not allowing that illness or that bump in the road to stop you from from living, stop you from, um, you know, being a, a productive member of, of society, stopping you from from the happiness that, that Allah has blessed us with. Yeah, yeah. I know, I, I like to say that it is not our, uh, our difficulties or challenges, they don't define us. They reveal us, mm-hmm. right? You're not defined by the illness. You're not a cancer survivor or a stroke survivor or a heart attack survivor. Um, that is merely the the circumstance or the catalyst for you to actually find out who you really are. Yeah. Um, so aside from looking at the having the face to fears, right? 
you mentioned one with the needle and I'm sure there are other observations that you could uh, that you could give what are the things that you have have revealed what has this revealed to you about you mm, I, I think that I think that the one thing I feel with everything that's going on is um, strength you know uh, as long as you're here on the earth there is something for you to do mm-hmm. and and it's just for you to do nobody else you know it's for you to do and if you couldn't do it you wouldn't be around mm-hmm. which which shows that we all have strength in us we have to understand how to utilize that strength that strength we have to um, be brave enough and have enough faith to trust in Allah and, and trust in our own abilities that he's blessed us with. And for a long time, I don't think that I trusted in my own abilities. Mm. Um, that's, that's something that, that this whole thing has, has revealed about me to me, um, is, is that, you know, I, I have to trust in my own abilities, you know, that Allah has blessed me with. I, every morning you wake up, that means that you have something to do. And, and if you weren't strong enough to do it, then, you know, you you wouldn't have gotten up that morning. You know, your your time here would be done. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I think these challenges uh, that we face in life just kind of um, they are opportunities. You know, um, it is a bump in the road, but but a bump in the road is an opportunity to see how high you can jump. You know, mm. um, so I'm 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 grateful. You uh, just made it up. I did right on this. Right on the spot. You're good. Um, You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful to to be able to um, to be able to jump. Yeah. You know, because some people hit those bumps and and they they're defeated. They never get over them. You know. But they and, see it and they just stop. Yeah, they stop. You know, no more progress. Like, oh, forget it, man. This is gonna be too hard. I just give up. Yeah. You know. One of my. Uh, it, this makes me think about one of my favorite songs. Um, and I think this was, I'm trying to think if this was before or after Pop Passed. Mm-hmm. But um, it may have been after that that, when I, that I first heard it. But it's called Live Like You Were Dying by Tim McGraw. Country. Okay. Right. So uh, I'm not a Are you going to sing it for us right I now? I will not. I will not. <laughs> I'll do no such thing. Uh, but... <laughs> But it's a the song is a conversation that uh, it, it sounds like a conversation that a man is having with another, or he's kind of recounting a conversation he had with his father. Mm. Um, but the whole gist of it is, he got a uh, he went to the doctors, he got a diagnosis, whatever, and then after that, he just went out and did all the things that he wanted to do. Right, mm. he went out and he said, "I rode a bull." Named Fu, Man, Fu Manchu, and I skydived, and I I was a better husband, a better father. Uh-huh. I was a I was a kind of friend that I would want to have. Yeah. Right. And it just, and he says, and and his his parting, I guess, prayer for the listener was, he says, one day I hope that you get the chance to live like you're dying. Mm. Now. Of course, within the context of our conversation, this is, uh, inshallah, very treatable. And you're yes. going through, you know, so we don't be somber. She, you can't see the ridiculous faces she's making. Um, <laughs> but We're all 
all gonna die. Uh, we absolutely will. It's true. It's true. We absolutely we will. And that is not our decision, mm-hmm. right? Uh, our response is our decision. But the living part, so much of that is curtailed or shortened by uh, by fear and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And once you get to the point where you get to see the obstacle in front of you, you really start to see life in a much different way. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in a different way. Like, man, let, let me get to, to doing some living. Yes, yes. Let me get to living. Um, oh, man. that's uh, I have to listen to that song because I don't, I feel like I might have heard it, but I think at this point I should listen to it again. I should revisit it. Maybe it would mean something different to me. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to my son uh, earlier today. Um, he's 10. Um, basically a, a really, really good kid. Uh, but he's 10. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. sometimes still, I have to developing. have these talks. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're all developing. Yes. So the, the end of the conversation that I was having with him led to me explaining to him how short our time is on earth. Uh, I am very clear with my children, with, with both of my, our, uh, both of my children, that our time here is limited. Mm-hmm. Do the best that you can. Um, as little people, you know, maybe three, four years old, I remember explaining our our uh, chances of, of, of getting to paradise, to, you know, achieving Jenna. Uh, inshallah, one day, you know, we will meet Allah and he will be pleased with our deeds. Um, mm-hmm. And I explained to them like there was a bag, you know. I said, everything you do that's good, it's like putting something in a bag. Everything you do that is not good, it's like putting something in another bag. And when we pass away and we meet Allah, you want that good bag to be heavier than the bad bag. Right. Uh, and that's how I kind of explained to them as, as smaller people, smaller children. And as they got older, you know, they would do different things, you know, not make the best choice, you know, because they have to learn, you know, how to make good decisions. And I would say, you're filling up the wrong bag. You're filling up the mm. wrong bag. You know, um, that good bag is supposed to outweigh that other bag. Right. Uh, so I was reminding my son of this earlier today, you know, filling up the wrong <laughs> bag, buddy. Come on, <laughs> what's going on? And, and in that, I had to explain to him, I said, this time that we have on earth is very short. I said, Allah has promised us paradise forever, right. forever, not for 10 years, not for 20 years, not for, you know, a hundred years or a million years, but forever. Right. I said, even if you live to be a hundred years old, that's nothing. That's nothing. I said, all we have to do is do good. And, 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 and have good in our hearts. We're going to make mistakes, but try to do the right thing for this time that we're here, this very short period of time. I say, you can die right now. You could die tomorrow. You could die 50 years or 100 years, whatever it is. We want to make sure that we have done enough good and that good outweighs our bad. Yeah. So I, I feel like, I feel like a lot has blessed me and it might sound, you know, silly. It might sound strange. Um, you know, I have the cancer, so I can't say that it sounds insensitive because it's me that has it, you know. But this is a blessing to have have been diagnosed with this at this particular time, at this particular moment in my life because uh, 
I feel like sharing this story is my way of of filling up my good bag. Mm. Just allowing people to see and connect um, people that might not be able to, um, people who might not know what the road will lead to, you know, and everybody's road is different, but I can at least give a glimpse because going through this, there's so many things, no matter what I looked up on Google, no matter what I read in a book, no matter what, uh, you know, experiences people have told me, um, you know, secondhand, well, this person goes through this and that person went through that. Nothing prepares you for, for these types of, uh, these types of, of challenges in your life. And, and I just want to be candid about it. Like, look, this is what's going to happen. If you have these particular set of circumstances, this is what you can expect. Um, just so that there's a, a little bit of um, a familiarity, you know, uh, when you get ready to go through these processes. So you kind of, you know, it's familiar. You kind of know, like, okay, I, I know what's about to happen here. Mm. Might be a little different for me. You know, it might be exactly the same, but at least I have an idea. Well, and I also think it's really important to see the uh, the attitude that people have when they go through difficulties. Um, because it, it it gives you a pattern. Uh, it gives you something to, and it does not negate our own individuality. But when you see, um, and really it's, it's the, the Quranic concept of bearing difficulty with patience and still keeping your gratitude, right? Not mm -hmm. letting the difficulty uh, tear you to pieces, not letting mm -hmm. it take you outside of uh, your awareness that everything here regardless of how big it seems is is in fact temporary mm -hmm. uh, and it's only with you for a particular amount of time talk to me a bit about how important your own creativity has been in, uh has been for you in kind of sorting things out and going through this process uh that saw you create the facebook page candidly cancer wow um so just uh you know, just by nature, I, I would say I'm a very creative person. Um, I it's years of training. Yes, years of. <laughs> so happens when your mother is a playwright. You know, you yeah. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Yes. Um, but but it's it's a blessing. It's a beautiful thing because, you know, whereas you know some people might uh, go through stressful moments in their lives, uh, lash out at other people, uh, you know, do things that are you know not maybe the healthiest for them. I've always found. Um, comfort in my creativity, uh, writing, drawing, you know, uh, I call it more doodling, but it, it turns into drawing sometimes, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, singing, uh, dancing, you know, just, just anything that I could do that afterwards made me feel, you know, a little better, uh, made me feel a little more at peace, like I could handle whatever the, the, the issue was. Mm -hmm. So I've I've always been a writer. I've always um, written poetry, um, you know, short stories. Um, I have a few, you know, a few books that are lost in cyberspace and I'm going to retrieve. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've, I've always been a writer. Um, I went through a period of time um, where I stopped writing. You know, I had this writer's block. So I, you know, I moved on to something else. I, you know, started 
you know, maybe writing songs, you know, uh, doing maybe short poems, dancing, coming up with, you know, different things, different, you know, painting, whatever, coming up with something different that I could do. So with this um, diagnosis, I feel like it really has cleared me, you know, creatively. Hmm. Um, I... Well, I guess we can talk about that at another time. But you know, I I had I had uh, come to the end of 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 a chapter of my life um, before I found out about the cancer, um, and then ending that chapter was enough to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then I found out about the cancer, so I, I feel like at, at this point, this 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 veil has lifted. You know that that had covered me for you know, for over 10 years, a long time, I was not my true creative self. I felt very stifled. Um, I did not feel, you know, like that creative person. I did not feel like that positive person. I didn't feel like that. Uh, uh, my, my, my brother-in-law often reminds me of, you know, him visiting. Um, they're a little older than me, not too much. <laughs> But, you know, as, as a kid running down the street with this big smile on my face to greet them, you know, um, or, or anybody, anybody who came to visit, I'd run with this big smile and give them a big hug and, you Your know, like off. sunshine. Who is this? Phil. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. All right. I'm trying to figure out, you got a secret. Shout out to Vail. Right. Uh, yeah. who's, who's, okay. You know, it's more like a brother. We, we really don't say in-laws. You know, we're just like your brother, your sister. Um, yeah. That's kind of the type of family we have. Yeah, it's a little confusing for people who meet the family for the first time. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yes. Your but anyway. sister's married to your brother? What? <laughs> no, brother-in-law, actually. <laughs> We're not heathens. Right. No, not at all. But, you know, I, I think that just shows the, the closeness, you know, the, yeah. um, you know, the acceptance. There is no in anything. You, you are who you are. You're a brother, you're a sister. Um, but I I was this very sunshiny person. And for, you know, over 10 years, I had lost my, my, my shine. I really did. I lost it for a long time. And this situation. This situation has, has brought the shine back. It has. So with, with writing, uh, with painting, uh, I had a good time with, you know, one of your daughters, your youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I chose to spend a little quality time and, you know, we went and we painted and, and I felt so good. I felt so free. You know, people around me were like, oh, you've, how many times have you done this? And I said, actually, this is my first time, you know, doing this kind of thing. Um, and they were like, what? Don't tell anybody that. My, man, my painting <laughs> looks like crap. I was like, no, no, everybody's it's wonderful. You know, but it 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 uh it's it's just been a blessing. I, I I feel that there's a reason for everything, and maybe this was my reason. You know, all of the the theatrical training that I have received. You know, um, acting and singing and dancing and you know uh, uh, drawing the, all of these the things. The needlepoint. The needlepoint. This yes. is the po- very nice, very nice connection. I like yes. that segue. Yes. The the needlepoint has come <laughs> to a head. <laughs> let me let me interject here. The so the the painting that you're referencing right now, so mm-hmm. uh, Radio Sun Family, you that is the thumbnail for this episode. Oh, you'll see it. Yeah, oh, that's the that's the painting that that she's referencing, and and describe the painting. It looks like she's a ball headed beauty. I'll a, tell it's you, a, it's a bald mermaid. <laughs> so, um, 
going to the the paint the painting studio um i the 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 per the what do you call it the um the instructor right the yeah. instructor um she came around and placed the canvas you know in front of everyone and i looked at the canvas and it was the outline of a mermaid um i've always you know as a pisces um you know my brother also is pisces yes, yes. go team um, you know, without getting, you know, too deep in, you know, the um, astrology. astrology and all of that stuff. Astrological. Right. The astrological know, aspect situation. of things. Um, but but there there are connections. There are connections with different people, um, you know, throughout throughout life, throughout time. Um, there are connections. Um, and I feel one of those connections that I have is a connection with, you know, with water. You know, I, I do. I love the water. It calms me. It, it, you know, it brings the creativity out of me. I used to, you know, go to the lake and, and sit for hours and write and, you know, sing to, to no one at all, you know, just, but mm. it, it just made me feel, um, a little more like myself. So going into the paint studio and seeing this mermaid, the outline of a mermaid, I'm like, yes, yes. See, see, nothing happens by chance. I was supposed <laughs> to be here this day. Um, no plans on going was simply walking by and decided to stop in and, and see what was going on. And it just happened to be an open paint day and it was starting in 15 minutes, you know? So I, I told my niece, I said, come on, let's do it. Um, it's a picture of a mermaid. So the outline of the mermaid had all this flowing hair, all this, you know, flowing hair, uh, so we started, we started painting, you know, we did the tail, you know, we did the, the bodice, we did everything. Um, and they said, okay, so fill in the hair and the, the, uh, the outline around the mermaid. And immediately I took my pencil and I erased all the hair. Mm. I erased all the hair. Um, and you know, people were like, what, what are you doing? What's, what's wrong? Is something wrong with yours? <laughs> I, I didn't get that. I said, no, 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 I'm erasing. And, uh, and they said, what are you doing? I said, well, I want her to be bald-headed like me. Now, I, I can't remember if... No, no, I think I had like a head wrap on. I did. I had a head wrap on. But mm -hmm. I knew underneath that there was no hair. Right. Um, oh, and that's another thing I will talk about later, um, that whole aspect. But I knew underneath there was no hair, and I wanted this mermaid to be a representation of me, you know? And I said, nope, my mermaid's going to be bald-headed like me. And I just erased all the hair and, you know, I, I painted the picture and, and everybody loved it. They were like, oh, wow, that she looks really, really nice. Like, you know, why, why did you do that? I said, well, you know, I, I don't have any hair. So, you know, this is this is really a representation of myself you right. know, on the canvas. Um, and, and it was it was freeing just doing that. It was very freeing. And it's nothing that I would have normally done, you know. Normally, you know, I'm not a, a go along, get along person per se, um, but I am, I, I would say I'm a very compassionate person. I'm empathetic. I am, you know, I, I enjoy seeing other people happy. Yeah. So I've always had this, this uh, rule of thumb for myself, you know, hey, if it's not something that you feel so strongly about and it's something that will make another person, you know, who you care about happy. You know, let it ride. 
That's that's just the kind of person that I am. You know, let it yeah. ride. Hey, if I don't care too much about it one way or the other and this makes you really happy, go for it. Uh, so in that space, I wouldn't have, you know, necessarily, you know, erased all the hair. Might have just know. went along. Yeah, like, hey, what's everybody doing? You're doing that? Okay, all right, I'm going to paint mine. It's going to be my way, but I'm going to, you know, do my thing. But I completely, you know, revamped the whole image of, of the... Uh, you know, the mermaid. And in the end, people wanted to take pictures of my picture. You know, <laughs> I was like, what? Are you serious? You know, yeah. so it was a, it was a very, very uh, positive experience. Yeah. yeah. Now, we have focused a bit on your response to cancer, to the diagnosis, um, in attitude and uh, through your creativity. I think we'd be remiss for those who may know somebody mm-hmm. with a diagnosis, may have gotten a diagnosis themselves, mm-hmm. um, if we did not address the physical impact mm-hmm. that this diagnosis, the treatment has had. Uh, what has that been like? Right. So um, mm, the treatment is, it is a journey in itself. Um having to deal with uh, the realization of your diagnosis, um, the realization of the particular type of diagnosis, you know, the, the triple negative, um, which, which basically means that there are the three hormone receptors um, that uh, cause the tumor growth and uh, the particular type of breast cancer that I have, um, none of those hormones are causing the tumor growth. Uh, and, and, and then that, uh, way, if you look at it, you could treat it differently. You could treat it differently with, you know, pills, you know, there, there are different options that you have, um, to stop the hormone, thus stopping the growth. Right. Those are not options for me. Um, it doesn't respond to any of the three hormones. Um, so it, uh, for me, um, medically, uh, you know, going through the, the type of treatment that, that I went through, uh, that I'm going through, because um, some people do a more holistic approach and whatever uh, is best for you, you do it. You know, whatever is best for you, you do it. But because of the aggressiveness of, of my cancer, because of the size of the tumor, because of the, uh, you know, there were other factors, microcalcification, there were other factors. There was no way of me getting out of doing chemo. Um mm-hmm. You know, as I had hoped, I'm like, oh, you can take these pills and, you know, be good. You don't have to do the chemo. They said, no, 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 that's not an option for you. All right. Load you up know. on lettuce. Right. None of that. None of that. I, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, bypass the chemo. Um, and that was a choice that I made to, to go on with this, with this treatment. But there are a lot of things that happen to you, you know, because of the chemo. Um, I know the major thing that people think about is, oh, you lose your hair. You lose your hair. Um, a lot of women do cold cap uh, therapy while they're um, going through chemo. I spoke to my doctor about that, you know, and she said, well, it's like a 50-50 chance, even with the cold cap, you know, it might work, it might not. Right. Um, they can be a little expensive, you know, but, you know, they have, you know, resources, you can rent them, there are, you know, different things that you can do. Um, however, I just, you know, I told myself, you know what? going to lose the hair. All right. What are we going to do? So I think it was two weeks, two weeks before I started the chemo, I, I started to prep myself for it. 
I, I started to prep myself. Okay, the hair is going to be gone. Um, I know that I won't be able to do the same things that I've been doing before. Spending time with my children, uh, you know, having the energy that I need uh, to just carry on a normal day. Um, those things were going to, they were going to be changed. They were going to be altered. It wasn't going to be the same. I didn't want the cancer to force me to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to do things uh, on my own time. I wanted to kind of uh, take a little more ownership of what was going on and what was to come. I shaved my head. Mm-hmm. Two weeks before I started chemo, I shaved my head, you know, and uh, it was it was not a very difficult thing to do because um, I've had short hair before. I've cut my hair, you know, not a big deal, but never this short, you know, and yeah. never because I was, you know, trying to prevent something, you know. And, and I think the thing that I was really trying to prevent was that emotional um, response that happens uh you know, as you sit here with your nice, shiny, bald head, you know, I think, <laughs> I, you know, if you can think back to a time, you know, uh, where, you know, let's say you had a, a, a big fro, you know, and you just run your fingers through it. And all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's coming out. Well, it's always different when it's your decision. Right. Right. It's always different because there's a there's a feeling of I still have control. I still yes. have. Uh, it's my decision to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the bald head that I got at. In, in uh, fifth grade, you know, long before Michael Jordan made a bald head uh, popular for brothers. Because back then, like, the only people that was bald was, like, Telly Savalas, Kojak, and Kojak. Ewell Brenner. You know, it was just, like, two or three dudes that was bald. But uh, that's that's nothing in comparison. So for you, it, it really was to make that decision. Yeah, that I, I I'm had gonna to make it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had to make it, and I wanted to spare myself as as much um emotional distress that i could and i and i felt like that was one of the ways that i could do it i'm gonna lose my hair you got a nice shaped head too well i i I appreciate that i've been told that i have a good head Uh, people have told me that i have a good shaped head for uh small for baldness it's a small head (laughs) it is very tiny i do have a small (laughs) head (laughs) but we won't speak on that um but you know i I, I just didn't want to experience that, my hair coming out in clumps, you know, because I knew right. that it's a very superficial thing, your hair, when mm-hmm. it comes to your health. Right. Your hair means nothing, you know, when it comes to your health. But at the same time, you know, I am, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a woman. I am a person. Yeah. I am, you know, uh, I, I, I was natural. I had a natural head of hair. So, you yeah. know, those things kind of, they didn't define me, but they were a part of who I am, who yeah. I was, you know. Um, and I'm no different with the bald head. I'm still me. I'm still in touch with my, you know, my myself, my culture, my my femininity. Mm-hmm. I'm still in touch with all of those things. Um, you know, there's just no hair there to, to wear, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it's still a part of me. It's still who I am. So, yeah. I think that decision was made to kind of uh, prevent that emotional, you know, distress that that would come, you know, with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to tie in these uh, final minutes that that we have to talk. I want uh, for this conversation. Um, I want to bring in something that I 
personally think is important as your brother um, that goes back to the family and the upbringing and how we respond to things. Um, and you may have noticed, uh, family, as we're talking, you know, th there's been a bit of laughter interspersed throughout our conversation. Uh, and that humor has played a big role, mm -hmm. a big part of our lives. Um, I mean, we've, we've gone through challenges like any other family. Yeah. But I think humor has been a constant in how we've dealt with um, everything, every difficulty. Yes. Humor has been a part of it. How important has that been for you and and has that held true for you? Uh, it, it has. Absolutely, it has. Um, and, and I guess that's just the way, you know, the way we were raised. We were raised in a very... Um, of a, a light-hearted environment when it comes to hard times. You yeah. know, you laugh, you joke, you figure out a way to get past it, you do what you got to do, and you move on. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when it's over, you can laugh and joke about it. Um, while you're going through it, you, you laugh and joke about it. It's so easy to become depressed. Yeah. A lot of people deal with uh, depression on a daily basis. Um with no ownership of it you know you have moments where you might feel depressed mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you should you know lay in it and wallow in it and just you know be a depressed person right that's who you are now right that's i'm i'm depressed just get away don't look at me don't touch me yeah. you know you you can't live like that it's it's a waste of your life you know and sometimes it's hard to pull yourself out of that yeah. And and I, I I pray for for anybody who is going through uh, depression because it is real. It is so real. There are days that I get up and I feel depressed, you know, for that moment. But I say, hey, what can I do to feel better? Yeah. What can I do? What what blessing? What aspect of my life can I think about right now? What good memory do I have that's gonna you know reroute my thinking and and allow me to understand um, the the, the goodness, you know, that's happening right now. So um, I have to be able to laugh at things. I have to be able to laugh at things. Yeah. Um, I can I can recall a time being in the hospital uh, waiting for uh, an infusion treatment uh, with uh, our my, my oldest sister, not your older sister, yeah. uh, with my oldest sister. The the younger one, but right, under me. Under, under him. Yeah. Um, and... We were sitting, there were like no snacks. They usually have little snacks, juice, you know, something there for the patients. There was nothing, you know, empty baskets. I went to another section, empty snack basket, nothing there. You know, mm. everybody's looking sad and sick and depressed. And, you know, the one good thing um, that I saw, there was the sun shining in, you know. And I said, oh, I can feel this warm sun on my skin, you know. I know I'm getting ready for this infusion treatment, you know, two hours of whatever, needles and uh, you know things that I didn't want to think about but the sun was there and I felt like it was a lie just smiling on me saying it's okay you got it it's gonna be all right and what happens they start closing the shades slowly mm, mm, I said mm. what are y'all doing we already got cancer mm. you know what are you doing to <laughs> can us can we have some sun can we have some sun you know mm. and I, I said that to to my sister and she just you know just cracked up <laughs> And I laughed too, you know, and I looked around and I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't the setting to be having so much fun, you know, 
But, you know, I, I noticed that our laughter, you know, I looked around and I kind of saw, you know, other people kind of, you know, smiling because the people close to me heard me, you know, yeah. and, and they got the joke. You know, they understood. <laughs> They're like, yeah, what are they doing to us? You know, yeah. um, but just being able to do that through through this whole experience, talking to people and, you know, uh, just finding the humor, you know, even telling people, you know, about my diagnosis, uh, people close to me. Um, yeah. And immediately I let them know, hey, you know, I, I laugh and joke about this. So if it's going to make you uncomfortable, you know, you, you might not want to talk to me about this because this is how I deal with it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it just keeps things light. It keeps you um, ready for the for the for the dark days. Yeah. And there are some dark days, you know, but um, I don't want to make this about me, but I'm going to make this. About no more me. questions. about No, <laughs> <laughs> no, just just speaking about how humor comes in. Uh, well, no. First, let me ask you this. Did you speak to them about the snackless uh, circumstances? Oh, I certainly did. And you can read about this in my book, Up up and Coming, inshallah. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, no, I, that's, that ain't, that's not cool. That's I did. Cool. I, I spoke to someone. It was, you know, I, I usually go very early. I'm usually like with the first batch of people that come. And, yeah. you know, whatever happened, they hadn't. Um, gotten around to putting the snacks out for the poor sick cancer patients. I bet if you'd have checked somebody's pockets, <laughs> right? They took all the good snacks no. for themselves. <laughs> no, I, I actually have a, a very funny story about that that I that I talk about. Um, but yeah, it, it it all it it all worked out. Yeah, I, I spoke to someone and and they came and they replenished everything, so it was fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm debating if I should share. Well, yeah, I'm going to say it really quick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, 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 uh, pop passed, um, and, and for our non, yeah. uh, Muslim, uh, Radisson family members, if you don't know the, the, the burial process for Muslims is extremely fast. Mm -hmm. You really, I mean, you really don't have time to really grieve. It's, it's really just about getting, uh, the rights done, having the person in, in the ground. And then after that, is when it kind of all sinks in. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't have like that, that deep cry, right? I didn't have that. Um, it was after the burial. Mm -hmm. I was at home for some reason. I was by myself at home, and it just all came out. So I'm in the midst of this, you know, the ugly cry, yeah. right? And how did I know I was in the middle of it? Because I caught a glimpse of myself oh, in the mirror. In the mirror. <laughs> That's the worst. Oh the man, worst. man. That you talk about so just true interrupted, <laughs> and I just looked totally ridiculous. And I don't know why I would be thinking like that. Like, you know, this is the moment where I couldn't even be sensitive to myself because I just look so ridiculous. Get yourself together. Yes, yeah, not coming down, and you know, eyes just all jacked up. And oh, I think God. I had on a robe, I hadn't, you know, <laughs> so mad it with cereal. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, yeah, eh, that that's what you get from being a member of this family. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. An opportunity to laugh at yourself. Um and yeah, so alhamdulillah. That was that was very short lived. Um but anyway, thank you so much for sharing. Uh and the Facebook page, it thank is you. Candidly Cancer. Yes, Candidly so, Cancer. Um you could also uh, if you want to reach out, if you have questions um and and that's the whole purpose of the candidly part i am um blessed to be able to share so if you have questions if you you know you want to you know give support just you know a thumbs up uh whatever uh you can also uh, reach me by email at candidlycancer at gmail.com um you know follow the page like it share it 
Um, and inshallah, it will be a, a small uh, ray of, of, of uh, joy or assistance or help um, for, for those who need it. Inshallah. So I pray for you and we pray for all those who are dealing with uh, similar diagnosis. Yes. Um, pray for your uh, complete recovery. Uh, and may Allah continue to keep your perspective and your attitude uh, intact because we believe that surely with difficulty comes ease. And some people translate that translate that as within the difficulty you find the ease. Mm. Right? Anyway, chew upon that. Um, so... <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I, I thank you for your prayers. Um, I send prayers right back to you. Um, yeah, you know, uh, real quick, you, you and your wife did something beautiful. You went on Hodge and you took along people's prayers, you took oh, people's yeah. prayers with them, and that was like that was such a beautiful thing. Um, I, I sent my prayer to you. I hope you remember to. Did you give okay? We both did she, you deliver my she, prayer, brother? Yes, I did. Yes, I okay. Did. She, she, uh, read it, and I also. Read it. So everybody that sent uh, duas with us, they got them offered twice. Oh, that's once beautiful. from her and once from uh, from me. And you know that's where it's supposed to be. You ain't, what's what's the good of, of praying? Praying by for yourself that's by right. yourself? No, you pray for for the people. I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much. Um, I thank you for that. I I made sure not to send a selfish prayer. I won't go into exactly what I prayed for, but. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, for me and only me, you know, just heal me, Lord. Get rid of this cancer. I don't can't take it no more. It, it wasn't that. It was it was because we don't know which prayers are going to be answered. And I remember writing that. I said, I am going to purposely not put in anything specific about this cancer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And I, and I wanted it to be a prayer that would benefit, you know, my family, the believers, every, you know, everybody, anybody who was suffering, anybody who's going through a hard times. So. Um, yeah. Inshallah, I pray that um, those prayers and, and any other prayers, your prayers, our prayers are answered. Yeah. Amen. 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 All right, Radio Islam family, we thank you for listening. Hope you, hopefully you have found this conversation uh, beneficial. Uh, I ask you once again, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share. So somebody, somebody needs to hear it. I am, uh, I am sure of that. So, all right, I am your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.